Listen, I'm sick of being all coy and bashful, Dale. Okay. We're in the bathroom. So just take a minute. There's really little you can do about it. Alice. Let me just hop. Ah! Oh! It's all slippery. Ah! Ah! Oh! Oh my god! Ah! 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 Something's gonna happen, huh? Stay golden, pony boy. Okay. I gotta pee. Oh my god. You're incredible. Sure. I'll talk it out. Yeah. Let's just have a conversation. Track three. <clears throat> Better not be fucking Dave Matthews band. Okay, those of you who don't want to be a part of this can leave now. Derek, please listen to me. But if you choose to stay, which it seems like you guys are choosing. Derek, please. You understand and agree to the following terms and conditions. Derek! One. Derek, this is the virus You talking. hereby waive your right Derek, please. to your own personal bodily integrity. This is not you. Two. Per the state versus Neville Reed. My colleague and I will not be held criminally liable for any felony or misdemeanor that you may be a victim of, including, but not limited to, aggravated assault, aggravated battery, disorderly conduct, destruction of property, mayhem, and first-degree murder. And three, terms and conditions may change or be updated whenever the fuck I want! Consider yourselves notified. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. Describe the ruckus, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore?
What up, everyone? DJ Anubis here with you with a rock and a hard place. Volume 3. How you all fucking doing? Good, I hope. So I got another great lineup of rock music coming your way. As you all know by now, this particular podcast uh, covers a lot of everything in the rock genre and no metal per se. Uh, you'll find that sometimes bands, especially hard rock or whatever, or some bands that are like classic rock influence, a little bit have a little bit of doom and stuff in them, but you won't really find any metal in this unless it's like some sort of new metal band that I throw in there because it's more rock related. Uh, but we do cover a lot of ground. Uh, a lot of alternative rock, uh, grunge, uh, we have classic rock, psychedelic rock, uh, hard rock, hair rock, uh, you know, and just modern post-rock, whatever. We have a lot of different stuff that happens in this podcast. And uh, as you all know, I start out with a couple of blocks of the more alternative modern stuff, and then I go into a couple of blocks of the classic rock, and then we kick into the middle of the podcast with four blocks of hard and hair rock and then we kind of make our way back down through more classic rock and of course more modern and post-rock after that so <clears throat> for these first two blocks which are going to cover the alternative modern and post-rock stuff gonna kick it off with uh orgasm uh, don't know much about this band there is a band out there with the same name that's more like a black metal uh black hardcore whatever band that's not them uh i discovered basically this song off of a compilation when i was picking up the cmj magazines when i was working in the bookstore back in the 90s and uh, they used to have these compilation cds then uh that they would throw together has all these alternative bands and whatnot you'd also hear stuff like saint cobain uh, by Vernon Reed from uh, Living Color. Uh, at the time, uh, there was a song called I Miss You by Dave Grohl uh, prior to his uh, Foo Fighter days. Like It was really, it, it was funny because I remember listening to that song by Grohl and thinking, oh, this has to be written about uh, Kurt Cobain. And here it is years later, I found out that was actually the case. It, it might have been stated beforehand, but I had never known exactly for sure 100% that it was about Cobain, but recently I've discovered that, yeah, it was written about him. But it was that particular type of CD that was given away by the magazines um, when they would send them to us in the stores. So I would like, oh, I'm buying this, and I'm going to get this CD because I wanted to check out all these new bands. Because then the Internet wasn't really the Internet like we know it now, so I was still just buying cds on a whim or checking shit out that you know i couldn't find on the web or any kind of streaming services so this is one of those songs it's called numb and uh, i was off the album smothered back in the 90s now i don't know how many albums they put out like i said i only found this little bit of information on amazon music it doesn't tell me anything about the band or how long they lasted or if they have any other records so uh but it's off that particular album uh then we have some gary newman and for those of you who have followed our show before, I've talked uh, a lot about Gary uh, and a lot of different things because we did do a topic, or I did actually at one point, I think Neko did, we re-watched it, uh, which is called Gary Newman, Android, and La La Land that was released in 2016. It's a documentary about Gary at that point in his life. Uh, 
It's a very heartfelt doc. Uh, it really gives you some insight to him as an artist and a person. And a lot of the things that was discovered through that doc with him, kind I can kind of relate to in terms of, like, you know, personability, uh, depression, uh, isolation, stuff like that. So, uh not you can see Gary just over the years had grown from like basically this late seventies or eighties pop industrial artist to uh I think it was like the mid to late nineties he started turning more into this industrial dark wave stuff. And again it was another one of those cases where uh, I think it was through uh Terrorizer or Kerrang, I can't remember which. But they also had their compilation CDs, a big thing back then. And uh, I remember seeing Gary Newman's rip on there, and I was like, because I, I recognized the name, and I was like, but you had all these other bands like Napalm Death and Akrakaki and stuff on there, and I'm like, wait a minute, Gary Newman's pop, what, what's he doing on this? And when I listened to the track, it was like very dark, and uh, for that particular song, it was very subtle, but when I heard the whole album of Pure, which that came off of, I was like, wow, this is good shit. Like, this is really good shit. And so I'd kind of been following Gary since then, and he's put out a lot of great records in the same vein. He's still putting them out now. I think he just released one this past year. So, uh, you know, he's putting out a lot of good work in that kind of vein. But that doc, if you ever get a chance to see it on, uh, I think it's on Amazon Prime or whatever, check it out for sure because it's, it's a very, very good documentary about him. I uh, got some Levi's. Now, this is one of those bands that actually spends more time in the metal genre. Uh, but they do occasionally mix in folk, uh, as well as like uh, just rock in general, which is one of the songs I got for you that came off Symphonies of the Night. It was actually the second to last record that the vocalist Liv Christine was a part of. She is no longer part of the band as of the last two records. Um, but for a long time, she and her husband at the time was Alexander Kroll from Atrocity, who had been collaborating on this project, as well as Atrocity. And uh, obviously when they separated, that's sort of like when she left the band, too. So it was kind of a, if I remember, kind of a nasty little split. But uh, I, I follow her on Facebook, so I, I think she's doing well. Uh, she's got her own projects uh, that she does. She did, She's always been one of those people that's, done her metal thing and gothic thing as well as doing her solo pop stuff so she keeps herself busy and she does some guest appearances she's appeared on cradle of filth records and uh, other bands and other artists that i know so she's busy but this is a good song for the rock block that i chose nightshade and uh hope you all enjoy that and then we also have another guy who uh huge background in metal eyes on uh He's actually most well known for being uh, a creator and person of, or uh, involved with the band Emperor, the black metal band Emperor from way back, uh, one of the originators of the black metal scene. And uh, I think it was probably about mid 90s, late 90s, when, uh, well, no, it had to be actually after late 90s when uh, Emperor decided to disband. Uh, they have gotten back together recently for touring or shows, I guess. I don't know if they've actually got plans on releasing a new record, but uh, when they split, 
Aizan kept himself busy. He had a project called Picatum, which he was doing with his wife. Uh, they still actually have a couple of records I have not heard, so I haven't kept up with that particular project. But he also does his solo stuff. And the cool thing about his solo stuff is that he's really experimental and progressive with it. So each album can have just a little bit of everything. There's times when Aizan's solo stuff can sound like classic Emperor, like he uses those rough vocals, screechy vocals. Uh, and then there's other times where he's just got like a more rock vibe, saxophones. I saw him at MDF one year. <clears throat> he was doing a lot of the more progressive stuff then. Uh, but yeah, you know, he's really grown as an artist, and you can see it, and you'll hear it in this particular song called Manhattan Skyline. Uh, so I hope you all enjoy that as well. Then we have London After Midnight, and... Uh, the funny thing about this band is uh, they're a gothic rock dark wave industrial act, um, I believe out of California. And uh, <laughs> they are one of those bands uh, I caught on a whim. Uh, sort of like Horgasm in terms of the uh, the CD, but only this time I saw them actually on, I kid you not, Jerry Springer. Like they showed up on Jerry Springer. Uh, it's when Springer, of course, was doing all his wild shows and I guess the theme was you know are rock and roll dudes bad uh, do they send satanic messages and it, it was the whole thing you know early 90s shit and uh, so I caught him on there and I didn't show any music but I thought okay well they've got an interesting look and you know they're a bit entertaining uh, finally when I bought this DVD that had a bunch of videos on it Beauty and Darkness uh, the song Kiss, uh, the remix, uh, was on there. And I kind of fell in love with that tr that song. I ended up buying the record at the time. Not much else I really cared for. They did have a song on another CD compilation I called The Bonded Song, which was pretty cool. Uh, but as far as, like, a majority of the music, I just can't really get into. But this particular song, Kiss, I thought was really good for what it was. And then we're going to finish off the block with... Uh, Classic Soundgarden. I mean, most people should know them by now. Uh, rather than go with some of their more recent material from when they were still around, uh, I chose to go back from close to the beginning with hands all over. So, But we're going to kick things off with uh, Horgasm. This is called Numb, and I'll be back in a few, folks. Tell you what 
were that they were these noodly things that hung between a guy's legs, they pee from them, and you shouldn't look at your cousin JD's when you guys are getting changed to go swimming. Like, that's all the information I had about penises. And now, one's gonna go in my mouth? Okay, I knew that sex was a thing, a penis would go in my vagina someday, but that was, it's my vagina. Like, I don't have taste buds down there, or whatever. Like, stick whatever you want down there. I can't taste it, okay? So I was like, who cares about my vagina? But my mouth, that's where candy goes. Like, I can't believe you would put a dick there. I was devastated. And you, like, you, you kind of go, maybe I don't have to do it. Maybe it's something not, a, not every girl does. And then you realize it's kind of your destiny as a woman. Like, you're going to do it. You know what I realized you have to do it is when I found out it was one of the bases. Because I, I knew home plate was sex. And if I ever wanted to have sex because I wanted to, I don't know, make a family someday, I was going to have to... You can't skip a base. If you want kids, you're going to have to suck some dicks on the way to those kids. That's the last thing my kids want me doing. I sit and watch umbrellas fly I'm trying to keep my newspaper dry I hear myself say My boat's leaving now So we shake hands and cry
moment like that, doing a Judd Apatow film and going back to your day job, thinking that you're stuck, the next day, I could not stop thinking about that. I was like, well, maybe, I know I'm playing it safe, but maybe it's time for this college kid to turn pro. You know what I mean? Maybe I gotta fucking, I gotta rethink my life. Maybe I got, maybe this is a time for me to pursue acting full time, but, you know, look at me. I know I look like a, like a fucking double-chinned Asian Mr. Burns with bad posture, but I don't know. I mean, maybe this is time for me. Maybe this is a sign. By the way, I'm thinking all this while 50 patients are waiting for me. It's not a good look. And my nurse is desperately trying to get me to focus. She goes, Dr. Jung, uh, you have a patient in room two waiting for you. I was like, well, nurse, you have a doctor who doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Just did a movie, Carol. Just did a movie, man. You don't get it. And believe it or not, I quit my day job the next day. True story. Yeah. I was scared, man. I was fucking scared. Because I didn't have any family support. Like, my strict traditional Korean dad who wanted me to be a doctor before I was born, no, he was severely bumping on this shit, dude. He was just like, he cursing me out in Korean, you, you bring great shit to junk family. And then after the hangover, we are so proud. I knew you'd make it, boy. I knew you'd make it. I believe in you. We are so proud of your tiny ding-dong. So proud. The smaller the penis, the bigger the box office. <laughs> oh, thanks, Papa. Great phrase. Okay. We are back! So I can get past that part there. Yeah. Alright, so uh, closing out that block, uh, Sound Guy with Hands All Over, uh, Rest in Peace. Chris Cornell, great singer. It's a tragic loss, losing him a few years ago. Uh, also on the Izon track, uh, the guest vocals on that is Einar Solberg from the rock band Leprous. So. That was kind of cool that too as well so you didn't know that uh coming up on our next two blocks we're going to start going into a little bit more of the uh classic rock vibe stuff classic rock rock that sounds like that in fact first band i've got up for is actually considered more of a stoner doom metal band or doom band uh they've been around since 2016 they're out of poland Sp uh, space slug they're very good very very good uh, what and that's what makes them great is that you listen to their music. They got a wide range of how they can sound. In fact, on uh, 2019's EP uh, "Reign of the Orion," the song I got chosen for is "Trees of Gold," and it, they they still elude uh, exude this sort of classic rock vibe to me. And that's what I love about some of these bands is that you can put them pretty much anywhere, and they have a wide spectrum of sound. So uh, when I listen to them occasionally i'm like man you know this if you were hearing this shit back in the 70s you wouldn't miss a beat you wouldn't even think metal really you would think wow this is right out there like bluest or cold zeppelin uh you know all these other like classic rock bands like it would fit right in so naturally when i do my rock shows i'm like well let's throw this in there because it's kind of got that vibe right uh then we have some faithful breath and i discovered this band probably about two or three years ago and uh 
Never knew who the fuck they were. Never heard of them. Nothing. Uh, they and actually they had, you know, a, a pretty good uh, run uh, from basically 1974 up until 1985, as far as like their actual full length albums. And they have a wide range as well. They started out early in their career as more progressive rock. And, of course, as the 80s were coming, and we all know about the hair and hard rock uh, campaign when it took off, so I'm assuming these guys, when they started diving into a little bit more of the heavy metal and hard rock stuff, this is what happened. So even though uh, the track I chose, Killer on the Loose, has a more classic rock vibe of that era, uh, they did kind of branch out and go a couple different ways uh, in their career. Uh, and then Biscaya, uh, who's going to close out that first block with Fools uh, from Sweden, a progressive rock metal act also. Again, just more... Uh, they only released one album, I think, an EP in 84. Uh, they did do a split in 85, but uh, it was part of like a... I think it was like a compilation uh, album they did, you know, as far as like almost kind of like the Metal Massacre type stuff, only it was, like, rock-related, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, this is off that debut in 1983, but it has, like, such a 70s vibe that I just threw it in there as well. Uh, and then, uh, you may have may not heard me talk about this band in the past, uh, The Ghost of a Sabertooth Tiger, and uh, it features uh, John Lennon's son, Sean Lennon, who also is a part of the Claypool Lennon experience, which I'll probably end up playing them again at some point. They've been in some of my uh, Hordes of Chaos shows in the Rock Blocks, uh, which features Les Claypool of Primus and, of course, Sean Lennon of this band. Uh, you know, they, they obviously, when I first heard this particular track uh, in video, <laughs> I'm sitting there, I didn't really put two and two together, and it's dumb me, but I saw the video, I was listening to it, I'm like, God damn, this sounds like the fucking Beatles, man. It's, like, really weird. It's, like, really Beatles-esque. Like, and then I find out, of course, it's Lennon's son. So, there you go. You know, duh! Uh, the other notable thing about this is the bassist, which is also the girlfriend of Lennon's, uh, Charlotte Camp Mui, or Meal, I guess. Maybe how you pronounce it. Sorry, girl. Uh, Stunner-looking chick. Uh, but she's also a model and some other things like Maybelline. I think she was a big part of as far as the face of that for a while. Uh, but really, uh, the record is like uh, the record off that uh, particular record. Uh, there's like two or three tracks that I really liked that I kept uh, over the years and listened to, you know, on my iPod and stuff. But this one was like kind of the thing that kicked it all off in terms of my interest for them. And I was like, uh, they have they do capture that old sound of like the Beatles and stuff. So when you hear it, you're gonna be like, yeah, I understand that correlation there. Uh, then I've got some Cadaver, uh, a German out of Berlin, Germany. Uh, they are a psychedelic rock and stoner rock band, and obviously when you hear the Devil's Master, you're gonna be like, yep, sounds like something I could hear from the '70s. And that's what I love about a lot of these bands is I keep I keep saying it's like. It's a more modern rock band, but they've paying so much respect and homage to, you know, old school sound and that vibe that I just really enjoy a lot of it. And that's what's great about a lot of these modern rock bands that are coming out. Because these are, these are the type of records that I will go and literally buy in vinyl because it sounds so fucking good on vinyl. 
And then I'm going to close out the this classic first class of rock uh, blocks with uh, ELL's Don't Bring Me Down. Electric Light Orchestra. Uh, should be familiar to everybody. This is a track that I remember as a kid. Always loved it. Uh, I think even once I started playing it, you know, again for Neko, she really was like digging it because she's a big fan of the band as well. Because you tend to forget about them a little bit when you think of all the bands around that era and whatnot. So gonna close it out with that as well and then we're gonna jump into our hard rock and hair rock stuff so kicking it off space slug trees of gold
movie uh, Pride recently. Have you guys seen that movie? Anybody see that? It's about the first all-black swim team and the difficulties they had to go through being the first all-black swim team. Let me ask you a question. How many of those white people are evil movies are they going to make? It's like it's all the way down to swimming. You know? I'm starting to run out of white guilt, you know? No, it's like those movies, they started off unbelievable. Started off with Roots, right? White guilt was at an all-time high. I could barely even watch it. I'm like, dude, I got it. My ancestors are evil, okay? Please, please turn the channel, dude. Please turn the channel. They still hitting them? Fuck, turn the channel. This is gonna be on all week? Jesus Christ, turn the channel. Then in the 80s, there was like a football movie. Then like Cuba Gooding wanted to be like a scuba diver. Remember that shit? And now it's all the way down to swimming. And I gotta admit, I don't think I give a fuck. You know, I'm not trying to be a dick, but it's a recreational activity. Plus, I've been in pools. There's been black people in the pool, you know. I never saw any white guy, like, trying to, like, fucking, like, prevent people from getting into the pool. <laughs> it's like, they're just, like, making this shit up. I'm not, I'm not being a dick here either, okay? Just to clarify, you know, I just want anybody coming up to me after the show, like, you know, I was thinking it, and then you fucking said it, and then... <laughs> I'm not saying that I don't think black people should be allowed to put on some Speedos and go for a dip. I'm not saying that shit. I'm just saying these movies, like the characters aren't even believable. Like they always have to have like that, the over-the-top, uninhibited white racist character, you know? You know that guy, he's the guy like, uh, he's supposed to represent all the white evil, you know? He's like the dude they always have like screaming during the movie trailer. They'd be like, they were the first all-black swim team. Get out of the pool! like a big vein in his forehead he's just screaming shit look not even looking around you know dude it's ridiculous real racism is quiet it's subtle people look around first make sure that you know they make sure the coast is clear there's disclaimers like dude you know i'm not racist but uh these insert group name followed by fucked up conversation right that's how it goes down not just some guy just standing up there, there's Negroes in the pool! Do you approve of this? I work at the bank, can I be fired immediately, please? I'm just saying, can you just make the shit, like, believable? You know what the honest thing is, is those movies, they're starting to give me a complex. You know, because anytime they do a movie about a group of people that thinks dumb shit about another group of people, it's always like white dudes. So, it's like, are white dudes the only ones who think ignorant shit about other people, you know? No Mexican guy ever walked up to somebody from India like, dude, what the fuck is that? Is that like itchy? Does that bug you? What is it? White dude's the only ones walking around. Why, well, you guys don't eat cows? What are you, a bunch of fags? Well, then why are you wearing sandals? This guy's wearing sandals. This guy's a fag. No, I'm just saying, you know? Just balance the movies out a little bit. Like, just have some of the evil shit that black people say about white people, you know, when, when we're not around, you know? Like, like, well, what are some good examples, you know? You know, like, you know what I mean? You're hanging out, you had a rough day, you know? What are some of the classics? You know, what, you smell like wet dogs, right? You got headlights or something like that, right? Just, just slip some of that shit in there. Get out of the pool! Wash your hair, motherfucker, Brian, just... Make it seem a little more... Dude, I'm just saying, it's all the way down to swimming. I mean, where the fuck do you go from there? 
we do like ping pong? They were the first all-black ping pong team. They're gonna steal the paddles. Denzel Washington. <laughs> my daughter's not playing ping pong.
It's your pal Barney, and guess who's gonna be your new bus driver? No, oh, me! Oh boy! Here we go! Come on, hop on, kitties! Hi, Barney, I brought you a candy kiss because I love you. Oh, that's sweet, Susie, but you know I'm a diabetic. Now sit down and shut up, kids, unless you want a big purple foot in your ass. Oh, boy. Hey, wait a minute. Are you smoking back there, Billy? Yeah, what's it to you? Well, I hope you brought enough for the whole school bus. Come on, pass them around. Oh, oh boy. But, Barney, my mommy says smoking's bad for you. No, believe me, Bobby. I've seen your mommy put a lot worse than cigarettes in her mouth. Oh, boy. Hey, Barney, you're not supposed to drink and drive, I'm telling. Come here, Tommy. Barney has a secret to tell you. Come here, closer. Come. Unless you want the next picture Mommy and Daddy see of you to be on the back of a milk carton, I'd keep that mouth full of metal shut. Hey, kids, Tommy just told me all your mothers are whores. No, oh, hey, kids, Daddy. Come on, get them, guys. Go on, Hey, Barney, this isn't the way to school. Barney has to make a little stop first. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Yo, Blue, what you need? I need a 20-piece, and don't gank me on the count this time or I'll bust a cap in your ass. Come on, kids, give Barney your lunch money. Don't hold out or I'll dump you right here. Alright, well sorry about that last track. That was supposed to be Electric Light Orchestra, but that was actually a cover at the start. I guess I didn't uh, double check the track there. So my bad. So we'll just keep forging on though, and uh, we're going to start getting into our hard and hair rock here. And we're going to kick it off with a band called Night League. And uh, they're basically like a heavy metal hard rock outfit out of uh, Norway. And... Um, it's actually consists of two individuals, uh, Marita Solheim as well as Johan Solheim. I'm not going to pronounce his first name because I can't, <laughs> but Johan, I know how to pronounce that. Uh, I assume they're a married couple. I, they could be siblings, but I doubt it. But if you know, whatever. Uh, but either way, uh, the band is very cool. They released their debut record in 2020, I believe. And uh, it's really, really good. And it's got like a lot of this old classic uh, hard rock vibe of the 80s and early 90s. So I chose the song Shock uh, to play off of that. Then I've got some George Lynch, the guitarist uh, known mostly for his work with Dokken. Uh, but he had a couple of solo records, I think, that he did. And the first one I had was with... Uh, Ian Gillen, I believe, before he passed away. Uh, and the song I chose was Flesh and Blood off of that record. Black and Blue is in the, also in the first block, doing The Snake. And then in the second block, uh, kicking off with some Kingdom Come. And the uh, funny story about that, the first time I ever heard them, uh, the band itself, was I remember being home from... I was going to a boarding school at the time. I was at home and I uh, had a, a young friend uh, a lady uh who i was friends with from school and she called me up and you know she was like hey have you heard this band kingdom come and i'm like no and she started playing their their first single their debut single which was uh, get it on and i remember really falling in love with it because it had such a led zeppelin vibe about it 
And you've probably heard me talk about the band a lot through uh, either my YouTube channel or the Hordes of Chaos whenever we played them in the Rock Blocks. And, you know, they spent a long time in their history being compared to Zeppelin because of the similarities and the vibe and arrangements and stuff. But I made a YouTube uh, video uh, about them. Some of the bands I felt like deserved more credit than they actually got. Uh, they had a story career. Their last record came out in 2013. And, uh, but they had a good number of like almost 10 or so records that they did throughout the 90s and early 2000s. And uh, they're really pretty good. Uh, I think they deserve more credit than they actually got uh, in terms of, you know, despite the similarities in sound, uh, they did create their own vibe and their own sound in general, even if you feel like it was similar to what Zeppelin was doing. I think... There's a difference between showing a kind of respect or, you know, a nod towards influences and then there's like totally ripping them off. Uh, there are bands out there that are alike sounding to other bands. Um, October Noah is one of those bands that sounds a lot like Typo Negative, but it's on purpose. Uh, but I still like them, but, you know... There's a little bit less credit given to October Nor as there is to Kingdom Come because Kingdom Come still comes off more original than October Nor does. Uh, but yet, you know, October Nor doesn't take as much shit about it, you know, this day and age. Because, you know, one thing is uh, that type of metal isn't really mainstream, so it's hard for them to take any heat about it. I'm sure there are people that complain. Um, but the track I chose, Rough Ride Rally, came off that last uh, album, uh, Outlier, in 2013. So many thanks to Allie for uh, introducing me to the band originally. Uh, then we got Mustache, a uh, hard rock heavy metal band out of Sweden, doing some uh, Final Warning. And of course, got some Loudness. Uh, first saw Loudness was actually part of the first concert I ever saw at Red Rocks in Colorado in 1987. Uh, they were opening up with TNT and then opening for Striper, who was the headliner. So, always uh, kind of my claim to fame. Most people in, who liked hard rock and stuff didn't really care for Striper, but I was one that actually really enjoyed their work and their band. I still like them today. They're currently, uh, Striper is working on like a documentary about their history, uh, which I hope goes through because, like, it's a very interesting one. Like, if you read about the fact that they were playing the type of music they were with the con lyrical content and their message uh, being mixed in with all those L.A. glam bands and that were singing about drugs, rock and roll, and sex. Uh, they were doing quite the opposite. Now, I can't tell you if they were true to the word about, you know, not sleeping around, not doing drugs. I can't tell you that because I don't know them personally. Uh but they were, I'm, I'm assuming that because of the interviews and they were sort of uh, shunned in some ways by the hard rock community. So I would assume that they weren't a part of all that, but you just never know. Uh, then we're going to get some Twisted Sister, Steel Panther. And for those that don't know Steel Panther, they are a more modern hard rock glam band that basically takes everything that the 80s encompassed in terms of glam and hair rock and they just turn it on its head by making the lyrical content funny uh 
to some degree offensive uh, in this day and age, but it, that's what makes them pretty hilarious in general. Because uh, they make fun of themselves, and it's just they don't take anything super serious, and that's what's fun about the band. Got some Keel in there, the Right to Rock. Got some White Snake, some later stuff from them. Kicks, classics from them, Cold Blood. And we got some Cry Wolf doing Pretender. But right now, let's kick it off. Night League, this is called Shock.
out of curiosity, what's your last name? Huh? Don't you ever upstage me again, ho. Don't you ever be funnier than me, ho. How dare you? This is my Netflix special, ho! What, what's your first name? What's your first name? You, is your real name Tran? Is your first name Tran? My wife's fucking first name is Tran. My wife's fucking first name is Tran fucking Ho. What do you do for a living? And if you say doctor, I'm gonna fuck myself, all right? You're not a doctor, right? Fuck me. What the fuck is your last, what's your, your last, are you fucking kidding me? Your last name is fucking Ho? Fuck you hoes, all right? Fuck the hoes. Someone in the back is fucking with me right now. Cause there's hoes to the left of me, hoes to the right of me. And my real life wife ho is in the fucking back. This is like, are you fucking kidding me? This is a bizarro ho universe. I don't know what's going.
Phone rings. It's a school nurse. She goes, I have Isla in the office. Is there a parent at home? I was like, I'll do. <laughs> Gives the phone to Isla. Her first words, I tried to stop it, Dad. <laughs> I go, stop what? She goes, I got my period. I'm like, bitch, you promised. <laughs> I'm like, you called the wrong number, dickhead. Call your mom. She's like, Dad, I need you right now. Immediately as a parent, I'm melting down. So I'm like, she's freaking out at school. She's by herself. She's going through what Georgia went through. This isn't my skill set, but I got this. I go, okay, baby. All right. Okay. How'd you get it? <laughs> she was like, Dad, I was playing kickball. Immediately, I'm like, oh, poor kid. I thought she blew out her pussy. <laughs> Just, oh, shit. Oh, I'm out, coach. I'm out. Yeah. I tore my twat. It's bad. I blew out my cooch, coach. I'm going to have to sit this one out. Pinch runner. Pinch runner. Now, I'm spiraling. I'm like, all right, what do you need from me? New pants, new panties, new socks. Did it get in your socks? A bucket, some towels, garlic. We're to keep the vampires away from you. She's like, Dad, I'm fine. Mom gave me a go bag. I go, okay, then what are you calling me for? She goes, I need you to go to the store and get supplies. I'm like, how bad is this, period? She's like, no, Dad, I'm throwing myself a period party tonight. I'm like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? She's like, all the girls are doing it, Dad. I need you to go to the store and get supplies. Get a red velvet cake. I'm like, I go, baby, I don't think I can eat a red velvet cake <laughs> knowing what it symbolizes. She's like, Dad, you need a red velvet cake for a period party because you put the name of your period on the cake. I'm like, who names their period? She's like, Georgia named hers after the girl from Progressive Auto Insurance. She's like, Dad, please, I need you right now. I have 10 people coming tonight. I go, we have 10 little girls coming to the house? She goes, no, eight girls, two boys. I'm like, who invites boys to a period party? And I hear her sinister little giggle on the phone, and she goes, Dad, that's the fun of it. We don't tell them why they're there. <laughs> now I'm like, fuck it, I'm in. I have never had more fun at a party in my entire life. Planning, hosting, and attending a period party. I dressed all in red like it was Chinese New Year's. <laughs> Drinking Pinot Noir, I made pasta with chunky marinara sauce. And I giggled the whole night with all these little girls at these two boys, Max and Carter, right? Faces covered in red cake. Like it's their honeymoon and they're like, fuck it, I'll eat it anyway. The whole party, these two boys are looking at the cake going, who the hell's Jason? My daughter, Isla Kreischer, named her period Jason because she got it on Friday the 13th.
love sucking dick. They like love it. And I've never understood it. I'm like, what are you getting out of it? And then I realize it's because they're good at it. That's it. It's as simple as that, truly. If, you're, if you love sucking dick, it's because you're good at it. And if you don't like it, if you're like, I hate blowjobs, it's because you're bad at it. It's, you're really bad at it. We like doing things we're good at. And if you were good at it, you would do it all the time. If you're just like, it's such a bore and such a pain, you're, you suck at it. And I'm one of you. I could have been good. I, all it would have taken was one guy to just like give me a compliment early on, you know? Someone just, just like show me that I had a little promise or something. Just send me off in the right direction. We just want to be good in the, and it's, it's, it's early intervention and is key. Like I feel like true blowjob queens, girls, they're like, I love it. It was like one of the first times they gave a blowjob. The guy was like, you're great. And like believed in them because that's what it takes. It takes one guy, one coach, one youth minister to lay the foundation <laughs> the first time, oh, you're so nervous. And all you want is a guy to just take your chin and be like, hey, look up. You go, what? He's like, you've got spunk in your hair. But like the way that you handled my balls was pretty cool. And I think you're on to something. Just anything. We'll nudge. And that's why I tell guys, lie to us. Tell us we're good and we'll blow you all the time. Honestly, like, if you hook up with a girl and she blows you and it's not very good, just lie and be like, that was the best blowjob ever. Because she'll just be like, it was? And then she'll, like, set off on a course to, like, be the best. And she'll go out and she'll be like, I was good once. You know?
woke up one morning. One morning they wake up at five in the morning. They were younger. They, I don't know how old they were, but they were younger. Like, I don't trust dads who know exactly how old their kids are. If you're talking to a dad, he's like, 16 months today, he better be married to another dad. And that's, I don't mean that homophobic. I'm not homophobic at all. I'm not. I'm not. I'm definitely not. I'm more like a homochondriac. <laughs> like, I'm comfortable if you're gay. I'm comfortable with your lifestyle. I'm just afraid one night you'll get me drunk and trick me into it. <laughs> and I'll like it. <laughs> that's my fear. <laughs> I'll like it and I'll be good at it. <laughs> So I saw a gay porn once for like 45 minutes. Let me tell you something. Holy shit. Ladies, you gotta step up your blowjob game. Yeah, you're still playing JV basketball, and the gay guys are the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, dunking on cocks. Oh! Holding their own head. Fuck this face, son! <laughs> the fuck are we talking about? I'm literally... How did I get off on this gay rant? The fucking... My daughters, my daughters, my daughters. Huh. Gay guy shugging cock. Oh, my daughters. Okay, here we go. This will work. <laughs> Bert Kreiser, man. He's fucking hilarious as fuck. DJ Nubus, back with you. Rocking a hard place. Just finished up our hard rock, hair rock blocks. Getting ready to jump back into a little bit of classic rock stuff. And the first block that I have, I have some Marian, uh, a project by Arjun Lucasen, who I believe he plays like keyboards and some guitars. A lot of the arrangements are his own. He oftentimes has guest appearances by other artists, singers, and whatnot over the course of time. Uh, he's been around since 95. And uh, this uh, track that I've got for you came off the source back in 2017. Uh, it's called The Source Will Flow, so we'll be getting into that. Then we have White Dog, a uh, band out of Austin, Texas, a uh, more modern uh, band that pays a lot of homage to the classic rock sound. They are very influenced by Steve Ray Vaughan, uh, Rorke Erickson, the Fabulous Thunderbirds, bands like an artist like that. Uh, so I've got some stuff from them. Then Praying Mantis, also, uh, where do they come from again? Oh, London, England. And they've actually, uh, apparently they're releasing a record this year, so they, they're still putting out records. I have to kind of go back and revisit some of that stuff, I guess, and see how they're doing over the course of time. But they started out in 1981, and the track that I have for me comes from that record called Flirting with Suicide. Then we're going to get to uh, going to some classic Zeppelin, Ramble On, and then I have a, an artist out of uh, Detroit, Michigan, named Custard Flux, and actually his name is Curvy, I believe is his name, 
and uh, the project is called Custer Flux, and his first two records, Helium and Echo, are amazing, so much so that I went and bought them on vinyl right away. He did release a third one named Oxygen a couple of years ago, uh, still pretty good, uh, and then he's got a fourth one coming out this year. Uh, he's put out a single, I think. I haven't went and checked it out yet. I've been kind of, I kind of want to wait just to hear the whole thing. Um, but yeah, a lot of his music's all QC. He tries to drop the electric part of it uh, with his music. So he's got this very uh, old school psychedelic vibe. So almost all of us like the Beatles almost uh, in presentation. So not quite sounding vocally like the Beatles, but the sound itself is very cool. And it's just all part of that era. And, but again, another modern artist kind of doing this classic vibe thing that I like a lot. And then we're going to finish off this block with the uh, a track Fight Fire with Fire from Kansas. So let's get started. We got some Marie in here with the Source Will Flow. Sea of relief. 
Do you have bathrooms here, or do I have to shit in the plant? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid fucking idiot, red-shirted ass. You guys think you're so fucking cool. It makes me sick. Let's go make fun of the vegans and their crazy lifestyle. We're not hurting anyone. Go eat a hamburger and choke on a cow dick. Aw, oh, someone missed their yoga class this morning.
I, I'm sure you, you've you've heard some of the rumors circulating around the hallways about how we're going to be doing a house cleaning with some of the software people. Well, Bob, I have heard that, and you got to do what you got to do. We're going to be getting rid of these people here. Uh, first, Mr. Samir Naga. Not going to work here anymore, anyway. <laughs> and Mr. Mike Bolton. Everybody's going to miss him. You're going to lay off Samir and Michael. Oh, yeah, we're going to bring in some uh, entry-level graduates, farm some work out to Singapore, as usual deal. Well, standard operating procedure. Do they know this yet? No, no, of course not. <laughs> we find it's always better to fire people on a Friday. And studies have statistically shown that there's less chance of an incident if you do it at the end of the week. Right, we are back, getting down to the nitty gritty now, getting into our last two blocks, back to the alternative modern rock stuff, going to be kicking it off with uh, The Verve, uh, I've talked about this band a little bit before on some of the other shows, and uh, it's a song again, it's Bittersweet Symphony, and it's a really good song, obviously they got in trouble for plagiarizing the Rolling Stones, uh, I don't ever remember exactly what ended up happening in terms of payout and all that. I know that it kind of like basically ruined the band at that point. Uh, but I remember the song being very good. It was also during the same time that the Broncos won their first Super Bowl. And I kind of had that. It was like kind of like my, uh, my song during that time. It was like that represented everything and how I felt. Uh, also, the fact that... Um, the video is very very good like you wouldn't think much of it but it just kind of the carefree attitude as you have the singer walking down the street and he's giving no fucks to anyone around him uh being a little rude in some cases walking on people's cars knocking a lady down but i think it's just that kind of uh, attitude about the song in fact someone broke it down recently the video uh which i thought was really a good way of like breaking down not only what the what they were trying to get through with the lyrics and everything else but uh great wonderful video great song so i got that in there then we got some white lies uh there used to be a point probably in 2013 or 14 that neko and i were staying up late nights on the weekends uh listening to at the time it was like one of those kind of music stations on the tv like you know they had music choice you know they're like different genres and we would sit there and we would like listen to like different rock stuff and this is one of these bands that popped up on our list and we ended up liking it she i don't think she remembers it quite as much as i do at the time but uh i gravitated to some of their stuff and so the song i chose is actually one of my favorites they, they dabble a little bit more into the pop a little bit, but they've been classified as indie, alternative rock, post-punk almost. Uh, they're out of uh, England, uh, London, England, so uh, definitely check it out here. And then we got Arctic Sleep. Uh, it's a main contributor uh, artist is Keith D. The first time I really got to know the band was their 2012 release, Arbors, and uh, Fell in love with that because that has like so many great tracks. Um, you have uh, Avenue of the Giants, Athena's Pond, uh, Valley of Poison, Wolf Nature. Uh, some of these songs they went and did acoustic versions of later. 
Uh, their last release, Kindred Spirits, was awesome. Came out a couple years ago, two thousand nineteen, I think. Uh, the track I have for you though came from Passage of Gaia, uh, two thousand fourteen. Uh, it's called The Staircase, and uh, you'll enjoy that. Uh, Limp Biscuit, probably the band that's kind of like dabbling on new metal. We all know about the history. It's the band that most people like to make fun of. Uh, it's a band I still enjoy. Uh, the last album they just did, uh, newest one, didn't really impress me overall. Uh, the one thing about Limp Biscuit that I kind of love and hate is sometimes their stuff's a little more hip-hop rap than I like. Other times a little more hip-hop rap or metal rock, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so when they get into the more rockish part of it, uh, that's when I really enjoy it. Now this song is a little bit more melodic in terms of like guitar tone and stuff, but lyrically it's kind of good. Uh, it's got a good vibe. Uh, so I chose Loser off Gold Cobra, which was a few years ago they released. It's actually a pretty solid record for them, uh, especially after the first time when West Borland had left the band and came back. Um, Radiant Knife uh, is another band that not many people will know of out of uh, Louisiana, Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, I think I've heard uh, a couple of their more recent releases with The Ghost, The Body, but Science Fiction is the first record I heard from them, and there's some pretty good tracks on that, and I've played some of their stuff before, so I've chosen Withered Hands this time around, and then we'll get into all this, and then we'll close it out, and that's how it'll be. So be back. Here is The Verve.
does not find me funny. I've only made him laugh one time. One time, seven Christmases ago. I was in D.C. I called my wife up. I go, yo, what do you want for Christmas? My wife's like, pajamas. That's what I heard, pajamas. She meant pajamas. I heard pajamas. She meant a pair of pajamas. Start there, Bert. I heard the plural. So I bought her seven pairs of pajamas and individually wrapped them. She had a lot of shit to open. And then sat back in the cut going, done, son. Bitch wants pajamas. Bitch got pajamas. All Christmas, I'm like, yo, open my gift. She's like, I'll get to it. I'm working with the girls. My dad's sitting next to me like, you must have killed it this year, buddy. I was like, you'll see. Finally, end of Christmas, she gets to my present. I've been talking about this present all Christmas. <laughs> Whole family gathers around. She opens the first pair, pulls them out, and just goes, oh, pajamas. <laughs> and immediately I think, fuck. <laughs> if that's her reaction to pajamas number one. I can't imagine it's gonna build. My dad's drinking whiskey and eggnog and just goes, who the fuck buys someone pajamas? She opens the second pair, pulls them out and goes, oh, more pajamas. My dad looks at the five unwrapped gifts, quickly does the math and goes, oh, you're a fucking idiot. By pajamas number five, he's going flipper on me, just Pajamas number six, the whole family's around her going, come on, pajamas. Come on, pajamas. Pajamas number seven, they are pissing themselves. Thinking, how could this get funnier? What they do not know is I've also bought my mom and sister's pajamas. You should have seen this man when my mom pulled her gift out from me and he was like, oh, it's motherfucking pajamas. Like I'm losing since I met you Through the good times and the bad Feels like I'm losing all I ever had Check it out Back in the days there was ways I was moving on guns all ablaze Dwelling on the past like I do Still can't forgive all the abuse That ain't no way to rise from the crib Still running hard from the shit Why you wanna push my buttons Making sure that I feel nothing Do you really think you need to remind me Every time, every single second that I'm alive Just to make yourself feel better I don't think so I just wanna do it alright Find me a better place in this life We bring out the worst in each other That ain't no way to love one another I just wanna be okay There ain't nothing wrong with that I'm losing my life away Losing myself and I want it back I'm a loser, yes it's like I'm losing since I met you Through the good times and the bad Feels like I'm losing all I ever had 
the one we both used to be So in love for eternity All the promises that we made All our friends said we had it made Yeah, there were times we were up Times we were down, world spinning round Everybody goes through a brawl But me and you, we crashed through it all We were both lines in a cage We were both living through the rage We were still afraid and we both had everything But didn't have it made I'm really feeling bad that we both gonna have to say goodbye now But it is what it is, baby, I'ma have to take a time I'm losing since I met you Through the good times and the bad Feels like I'm losing all I ever had I'm a loser, yes it's true Feels like I'm losing since I met you Through the good times and the bad Feels like I'm losing all I ever had This sounds whack, man. Listen.
Alright, Radiant Knife, Withered Hands, and as we get ready to close out this edition of A Rock and a Hard Place, Volume 3, hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, one last track for you all today, uh, Dave Navarro, uh, it's a piece of his solo work from 2001, uh, Trust No One was the name of the record. You know, he's an interesting individual because... Uh, it was in 2015 I saw a documentary about him called uh, Morning Sun and did not know his past history about his mother and aunt being murdered by their, uh, by his, his uh, real life father then, or maybe it was ex-boyfriend, excuse me. Uh, and that kind of led up to Dave's like issues with drug abuse uh, later in life. But he's been a very big part of Jane's addiction as well as uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. So he's been involved with those bands for a while, mainly with Jane's. And, like, that's a really good doc, too. So if I'm recommending anything to you guys, like the Gary Newman stuff, uh, the Morning Sun for Dave Navarro is very good, uh, very touching. In fact, there's a moment later in that doc where he actually goes to visit the ex-boyfriend in jail thinking that he can get like closure from it but uh he came out of it pretty emotional and like still kind of angry because it just everything came rising back to the surface there but uh yeah it, it's pretty touching and you know he's a pretty gifted uh, guitarist um probably one of his most notable things is around the same time he released trust no one he ended up marrying uh actress model Carmen Electra for a while. She actually appeared in the second single called Hungry from that record. Uh, but the one I'm going to play for you is the debut single called Rexall. And uh, yeah, see you guys next time. Enjoy it. Later. Don't make